Hey, my parched pals, quick word from our friends at Diet Coke, who is shaking things up with a bold new look in four delicious new flavors. Let me assure you, the OG Diet Coke still has the same great taste, but now they have added right in time for your summer outdoor Coke drinking experiences feisty cherry, twisted mango, zesty blood orange, and ginger lime. All those flavors are in the mix. They are bold. You are not going to be able to pick a favorite. I mentioned the outdoor consumption of these delicious new flavors because that is how I'm doing it. I'm sitting outside. I'm enjoying a delicious quesadilla, perhaps a little ceviche, and perhaps a couple chips with some wonderful queso. It's that time of year. It's that time of season. How about uh, some, some, some feisty cherry to go along with your delicious outdoor Tex-Mex meal? Whether you're a longtime fan or just want to try something new, give Diet Coke a taste. You'll see what we are talking about. Diet Coke, because I can. Hungry Homies, today's show also brought to us by our good friends at Made in Cookware. Let me tell you, ditch your cheap hand-me-down pan and meet Made in, a new cookware company from Austin, Texas that is changing the game for at-home chefs. By selling only online, Made In offers American-made cookware at half the price as other premium brands. If you only need to upgrade one pan, you can do that. Made In lets you buy a la carte, so you don't need to spend money on pieces you're not going to use. Just pick the one you need and put it into the rotation. Made in offers, free shipping, a lifetime warranty, and a 100-day free trial. That's pretty good for, for a pan. 100 days you get to use it and, and, and abuse it a little bit there. Better tools make better food. Visit madeincookware.com and use offer code CARBS for 20% off your first order. That is a great savings because these pans are not super expensive. They're reasonably priced. And you get them right off the internet. Listen to this. That's madeincookware.com. M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com and offer code CARBS. Before we get to today's outstanding show, a couple things going on at The Ringer at the moment. On TheRinger.com, you can check out Meg Schuster has a column up about Ricky Fowler and his prospects at this week's Open Championship being competed in Carnoustie, Scotland. The betting public loves Ricky. Check out Meg's piece and get some intel there. Speaking of the Open Championship, this week, Jeff Shackelford and I are on many times talking about the Open Championship. We had our preview show that is up right now. You can jump on that and listen to our prognostication on potential winners. We're going to do a pop-up show Thursday after the first round to give you some review of the play. And on, on Sunday evening, immediately following the awarding of the Claret Jug, Shaq and I will be recording. That will go up immediately thereafter, celebrating whichever glorious winner and I'm really hoping it is one Eldrick Tiger Woods. Check it out. All right. 
mine, my taste buds, my hungry homies, my culinary comrades, my parched peoples. We've done it. We're back. Yet another episode of House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your hungry and thirsty host, Joe House. Today's show, my friends, we have on a local hero of mine, Amy McDonald, the founder of Small Craft Liquors. We've been paying a lot of attention to food recipes for the summer season. It's time to get serious about cocktails because we are on the cocktail portion of the summer season. Amy comes on and tells us about her business, Bespoke cocktails handmade here in the DMV, right here. If you're in the District of Columbia or the nearby environs, you can hit her up. We're talking delicious cocktail recipes, and we might even taste a little bit. Of course, food news this week with Juliet Littman, dining out fresco across the country. What's the best city for eating outside? We just scratched the surface, but let's get in that cocktail glass with my pal, Amy McDonald. All right, my taste buds, my hungry homies, my culinary comrades, my parched peoples, we've got a guest for you today. We're halfway through the summer, the best part, from my way of thinking about things, the best part is yet to come. As you know, my taste buds, we've had a lot of conversations about the summer palette. We've been talking about grilling. We've been talking about summer recipes. One thing that has gone so far underserved is the liquid component of summer. I mean, we've talked a little bit about beer. We've talked a little bit. Juliet and I have compared some notes on the summer Juliet, the Vegas Juliet. But really, we, we need to talk to an expert about summer drinks because we're, we're approaching vacation season, and we need to give all of my parched peeps out there uh, some ideas for how they might celebrate the rest of summer. I am joined today by the founder of Small Craft Liquors, located right here in the nation's capital, the DMV, my good friend Amy McDonald. Welcome to House of Carbs. Hi, thanks for having me. So uh, thanks for coming in today. Um we have been conspiring for a little while, and by conspiring, I mean you've been sharing with me your delicious blends, and I have been enjoying them greatly. We talked about the Paloma on the show uh, maybe like a month ago. I didn't. I get. I did give you credit. I gave. I mentioned you by name. I don't think I gave a shout out to Small Craft Liquors, but we're psyched to have you today. Um, let's start with at the at the beginning and uh i want to hear a little bit about how you came to find this um passion of yours in this path yeah well um it really started with me trying to entertain it at home i have these amazing friends who don't drink any wine or beer yeah and so i was cooking a lot for them and trying to figure out what i was going to serve them in terms of cocktails they drink a lot of liquor and specifically a lot of bourbon. You have liquor friends. You have you have bourbon friends. That's right. Yeah. I, I love my bourbon friends. 
And so I was doing a lot of shopping and a lot of making, and I realized it's really, really time consuming yeah. to make a good cocktail at home. Oh. So um, so in between that of shopping at liquor stores and trying to find a good mixer, I realized that there's probably um, a little bit of space between what you can find at a liquor store and what you can taste and enjoy at a high-end restaurant. Okay. So my hope is that I'm providing a good way for the home bartender to uh, make a really delicious, fresh, homemade cocktail. Yeah. So um, when, when did this get started? When did you really get this off the ground? So I've been doing it almost, I um, guess I've been working at it about three years. I've been open, will be two years in November. Yeah. And there was about a year of just sort of tinkering around and trying to figure out what the market was and how I would um, offer a product. So I've been at it for a little bit. Um, my background actually is not in cocktails. I, I, you know, I didn't drink at all in college. Oh. So graduating and moving to D.C., you know, it's a pretty good drinking culture here. I so. agree. <laughs> I agree with this. So I, uh, you know, started drinking more cocktails. and But really, it was these friends that got me, you know, trying to impress them and making sure I'm offering something that was delicious at home. Yeah. So um, describe like the business model a little bit. I know that there is a way to kind of um, have a set uh, delivery schedule based on on what you come up with, you know, kind of uh, seasonally is and how's it work? So I have a website, Small Craft Liquors, that I um, deliver here locally direct to consumer. So you can go on smallcraftliquors.com and order five different blends right now and they change seasonally. I try to keep at least two to three that are there for three to four months. But then the other ones, it's just if I get bored making them, then I'll offer something new um, just just for fun. Or if I think that if I've tried sort of different flavor combinations that I think I could do at home that that would you know be very successful, um, then I'll I'll throw it out there and see if it works. Yeah. So th this is what I'm interested in diving <laughs> deep into. It's the research that I want to hear about, Amy McDonald. Um, how do you... As the seasons change and you start thinking about, you know, kind of what um, you want to offer and what the the sort of target is, how does how do you let your your palate guide you? So I really love to think about what I want to eat. Oh, so so you know, fall is coming up, so I'm thinking about what are the meals that I want to try and taste. It's all those kind of warm, savory flavors. And then try to combine those flavors and tastes in a cocktail in like an interesting way. So there's just, you know, there's amazing chefs out there that have put together, you know, incredible flavor combinations that you can just try to do this at home as, as well. So lemon and pepper are great with vodka. Um, you can throw in, especially just thinking about summer, you know, just all your fresh fruits, watermelon, your berries. Um, cucumber. So that's kind of really how I think about it. And um, and then I also just want to think, how do I want to be drinking? Like in the summer, I want to sit on my front porch. And so I want like really tall, heavy, alcohol <laughs> laden drinks. And then we spend a lot of time on the boat. So I want sort of these concoctions that can be almost medicinal, just like lots of rum and pineapple and orange juice, just something that you want to be drinking with the sun on your face so you know that sort of thing um also 
lots of gin and tonics uh-huh. um, and a lot of beer right now. It's pretty popular. Yeah. So, so one of the drinks that's on um, the site right now is a Rattler, mm-hmm. a pineapple Rattler. And I don't think that I've encountered, I know Shandy. I've seen like the yeah. Shandy idea, which is like lemonade and beers, like or some version of some kind of lemon flavored drink with beers. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Same idea. Well, what, what, what differentiates a Rattler from a Shandy? I just think marketing. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's just, okay. a, <laughs> just a different name. Um, the Rattler is more fruit-based beer. Um, and I particularly like grapefruit beer. I think it adds like a good punch, especially for um, summer. Um, yeah, and then con- combining grapefruit and pineapple, uh, that's always a winning combination. So h- help me understand, like, uh, is there a particular beer that you like a beer brand? Now, we're, we're not sponsored by any beer brands yet, um, but we're going to talk. We might, we might give out a recommendation here. Who, who, what, what beer brand do you think, um, what flavor profile goes good with what you um, have going? So my beer of choice or my rattler of choice is the Steigl oh, grapefruit sure. beer. Okay. It it tastes more like a um, fermented uh, like fresca. So if you start with the Steigl, what what does your blend? How does that ratio work? If the Steigl is the base of your drink, what do you bring to it? What's the pineapple rattler? Like how much are you pouring in? Right. Are you doing ice? Like how, how does it work? Right. When you receive a package from Small Craft Liquors, it's just the blend. Right. It doesn't include the alcohol. Yeah. So it's your responsibility to grab whatever else that, that goes into the blend. Um, typically, I try to keep it very simple so you're only buying like one or two um, things and most likely you'll have all that stuff at home already. So your basic gin, whatever you like, your basic vodka, whichever one's your favorite, your yeah. bourbon, and then yeah. you can combine that with the um, with the blend. And typically, most cocktails are best done with a two one one ratio. So two one one two one one. If you don't remember anything else from this, <laughs> remember two one one. So two ounces or two parts of alcohol or spirits. Yes. One part sweet, okay, and one part sour or bitter, and that's like the foundation of most amazing cocktails. Bartenders and restaurants get very fancy with bitters and herbs, and you can, you know, make this very interesting in other ways. But your basic delicious cocktails, gin and tonics, margaritas, all of those are made with this two one one concept. So, like, as an example for the pineapple rattler, what, where's the sour come from? The sour is going to be in um, the grapefruit okay. juice and also any sort of the citrus. So, lemon, I think there's lemon in that. There might be lime in that. That will balance out the, um, the beer pretty well so that, so that the cocktail is balanced. That's also really important to a delicious cocktail. You just want it to be balanced. Right. So, so if it tastes too much alcohol... Add a little bit of sugar. Um, in terms of the, this this research that you're doing, and as you um, approach a season, are you cooking? You mentioned you know being inspired by kind of the situations you imagine yourself to be in on the front porch, on the boat. How you want that um, cocktail experience to go? 
We also mentioned food as being kind of the real motivating factor. Are you are you cooking and making batches of of, of blends to go along with and see what what kind of marries up? Um, I'm not particularly a great cook, so I I'm not cooking a lot and then trying to pair my cocktail to that. I just know I'm just trying to be very thoughtful about what flavors go well together. Yeah, so yeah. it's like a flavor profile target. Right. Right, Because you, exactly. you have an idea what you want to eat for the season, right. and then you let that be your inspiration, your, 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 uh, your guiding light for the, for the delicious blends. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you came up with for this summer. There are five blends available on the site um, right now. I'm going to let you run through them and kind of talk a little bit about each one, um, you know, wh where... You got the inspiration from some of it kind of speaks for itself, but yeah. you know, I'm also, I'm just interested in like your process. Yeah. So my favorite cocktail on the site right now is the Paloma, which you guys talked about. Yes. It is the, you know, better looking cousin to the margarita to me. It's just more delicious, more interesting. That's made with grapefruit juice and a splash of lime, orange bitters, um, tequila, of course, uh, and, and club soda to make it a little effervescent. Uh -huh. And then I'm also offering a salty margarita, which is delicious. I've tried a lot of margaritas in my life. Yes. Yeah. And this is, I have to say, is probably is a, one of the best. So for you, when you're doing a drink that folks have had before, um, when you're creating a blend that has, you know, there's an expectation around how it's going to kind of come out. How did you think about how you're going to innovate? What's your twist on on something like the margarita? So I like to think about margaritas just being very simple. I don't like them to be too sweet. So, you know, it's important to have the balance correct. Um, I use a limeade instead of simple syrup or an agave syrup because I feel like that um, adds, you know, it allows you to taste tequila a little bit more. Oh. I also don't use any other liquor. So, and then we'll provide the orange flavor through um, orange bitters. Yeah, so this, yeah, so this will cut down calories. I typically will do that in most cocktails that I make at home now. If it calls for Cointreau, I'm just gonna add a couple dashes of orange bitters. Um, and that way I'm, you know, mining my figure. I got it, um, me too. <laughs> uh, the, the salty margarita, um, how do you handle kind of like the, the salt component and, um, you know, what, what's your, if you're recommending to folks, people who ask, I want to have the salty margarita the way that you kind of intend it. How should I, is it over the rock? Is it over rocks? And how am I, am I applying salt or am I not going through all that nonsense? Yeah. Don't go through all that nonsense unless you want to, uh -huh. but definitely over ice. Yeah. Ice is super important to cocktails. It provides, and super important to small craft liquor blends too, because it provides the water that's needed in order for the cocktail to be balanced and delicious. So I don't, I don't recommend going through all the shaking um, in a cocktail shaker. It's just, you know, a step that is nice in a restaurant, but it's just not needed at home. Yeah. Um, pour that stuff over rocks and just enjoy it. Okay. Um, this I salt it to perfection, uh -huh. so it should be um, should be delicious. But also, if you're making a cocktail at home, always add like a little bit of salt. 
Okay. Not for it to be salty, but for the salt to enhance the flavors that are in it. Ah. Now, is there a food that that you might pair with a salty margarita? Mm, I don't know. Okay. Take you, your pick. Like, right. You know, I, 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 I chips was, and guac. Yeah, and, right. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I, right down the middle right. uh, are all the sort of obvious choices. But I didn't know if there was something uh, as you kind of developed this and thought about it um, for this season. So, uh um, we've we've talked about the salty margarita that's on there. We've talked about the Paloma that's on there. The pineapple Rattler. Um, there are a couple others on here that that uh, I'm very eager to 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 talk through. Um, tell me about the basil peach Palmer. Basil peach Palmer is a delicious drink that you just want to sip when it's hot. Um, the simple syrup is infused with basil. I love using herbs with simple syrup because mm. it provides a way to cut the saccharine taste. Ah. So you can add the sugar to your cocktails to cut the alcohol and then um, the herbs balance out so it's not as sweet. So the basil provides that and then I do a peach puree that um, is just delicious this time of year. The peaches are amazing. Right. With um, add some vodka, some black tea, some lemonade. And um, all that comes together. It would be delicious with bourbon. Oh, so I set this up a little bit. We have sitting here in front of us, you mm. brought down, you were kind enough to bring down here to, to HOC headquarters, um, a, a, a quite sizable uh, uh, jar of, of the- This serves uh, six. Yeah. Oh, this serves six. Yeah. Well, it might serve two. It might serve two today. <laughs> of the basil peach palmer. I- and taken by how much fruit? Like literally, there's a there's a peach in here. How many peaches are in the, in the serving of for six? Is that a whole peach? Is it half a peach? Is it two? Yeah, it's probably about a whole peach. Yeah. So this what you poured out into this cup that I'm staring at right now, and it's going to be up on the House of Carbs uh, Instagram at the House of Carbs. Check it out. We've got a couple photos up of of Amy's handiwork here. I'm just blown away by how much physical peaches in here and also there's a, a nice um, bit of basil as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a sip. We don't often do taste testing <laughs> on House of Carbs, but I can't let this sit here idly. Um, I can smell the the very first thing that jumps out is obviously the peach from this thing. Oh, wow. It's far less sweet than I anticipated. I was prepared for, for sweetness. <laughs> What what what's the black tea element? Um, just your uh, traditional black tea. Oh, I, like I like black yeah. iced tea. Yeah, black that, iced that tea. you could buy from the grocery yep. store. Yeah. Okay, because I, that that um, has this offsetting effect. I will tell you right now, the first taste. I'm still enjoying it, of um, greatly reducing the sugar. I was prepared for a bright um, dose of of peach sugar because you talked about the peach puree, and I don't like. Um, sweet drinks. Yeah. I'm not a sweet drink Same. kind of fella. So um, that's lovely. Uh, is there alcohol in this one? Yeah. Okay, good. I so would... I did not put the uh, full amount of alcohol in it because it's, <laughs> a, you know, midday. But um, yeah, um, the instructions with the blends, you can add anywhere from one and a half ounces to two ounces and it comes out perfect. And what um, alcohol is in this particular I'll use vodka. blend? This one's yeah. vodka. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I, I could taste it uh, and I can smell it, but I, for, 
for all of our, our parched peeps out there. We, and they can see it on the website as well. That that's the, but you could do gin with this also, couldn't you? Yep. Yeah. Gin's great. Bourbon's great. Oh, wow. Rum right. is probably pretty good in that too. You could, right. So that, that's one way to, um, uh, kind of affect the sugar. If you pick, you know, an alcohol with lots of sugar, rum with this would be pretty luxe. I, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that that's one where if I'm drinking this, I want to be sure that there's nothing else on my horizon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's nothing left in the afternoon. There's nothing left in the evening, and I know how I'm getting home that's if we right. if we do this with rum. I need I need to know how I'm going to get home. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the 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 last one we haven't touched yet. Um, Probably the most appealing to me out of all of these because it is um, n- does it, it strikes me as most likely to not um, be sweet. So just as I look at, at these drinks and my, yeah. I know my own cocktail palate and how I, I tend to, to try and avoid um, sugar e- even in the summer, um, the cucumber tonic. Let's talk about that one. Yeah, that's a delicious drink. If you like gin and tonics or even vodka tonics, this is... This is the drink for you. The cucumber juice a little goes a long way, but it's definitely adds sort of mellowness to the cocktail. Um, we cocktail juice. I mean, wait, cucumber juice. Yeah, I'm interrupting you. Yeah. Um, uh, I understand the idea of juicing a, a, a cucumber. Is that how you go about it? Yeah. You, you buy cucumbers and, and juice them like in, in a juicer. Yep. All our blends are freshly made. We we juice all of our juices by hand. So, yep, the ju- the cucumber juice is um, is blended, I guess, in a you know in a in a juicer and then strained. Yeah, and just a little bit goes a long way if you're planning on experimenting at home. Yeah. Um, How many they- like when you're preparing, um, you know that this this uh, cucumber tonic is going to be on your summer menu and you know that you need a quantity of cucumber juice like uh, do you set aside an afternoon are you juicing cucumbers for an afternoon so i make all the all the blends the day of ah you got so it so everything is being assembled that day okay all yeah. right yeah so super artisanal super handmade right the the freshness for something like this drink and i know that i interrupted i was going to let you um, talk about the ingredients and i jumped in um uh with this the sidebar um uh oh great I and then the also question. we um hand we home make our own tonic syrup oh so, how do you do that well you have to get a bunch of fancy ingredients like bark and um infuse it for weeks and weeks and um but the but the tonic is really delicious and and i prefer to use tonic syrup i think it's much better than like a tonic soda like a fever tree soda right um if you want to try this at home i i love jack rudy tonics okay syrup it's delicious you just add um two to three ounces of club soda to it that that sounds um very easy mm-hmm. how long does a blend like this um like the cucumber tonic or this delicious basil peach palmer how long does it last you make it by hand the ingredients are all fresh you deliver it how, how long what's the expectation for when somebody might consume it um, it lasts when it's made fresh, it lasts two to three days. Okay. So you should drink it drink right up. away. Drink right? up. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And beyond that, I can't guarantee it. Some people tell me it lasts like a week or more. If you put some alcohol in it, I bet it'll last a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, it's made to be consumed fresh and to be, you know, delicious in the way that buying a freshly made cocktail at your favorite restaurant is just 
hits the spot and is amazing. Yeah, so that all makes um, sense in terms of the uh, footprint that you occupy. You are delivering here in the District of Columbia and a little bit in, in Maryland as well. But the idea is these are people that um, maybe have a special occasion or maybe the special occasion is they want to sit on their front porch on a Thursday and drink. And they hit you up and they say, hey, can we make an arrangement? We want, you know, uh, six. We want, you know, what what, what is that size? This size is um, I added vodka to it. So this this size would serve about eight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, But it's like two pints, three pints. It's a liter. A liter. Okay. So, right. I need three liters. I need a, a, yeah. a cucumber tonic, a basil peach palmer, and a paloma. Yeah. And you're delivering, and, they're, and you have made them. You yeah. know, you, you have enough lead time to know that you have the ingredients already. Yeah. And then, hopefully, I tried to make it as foolproof as possible. You'll If you buy the large size, it pairs perfectly with the smaller size of a uh, of a liquor oh. size. So, the 750 ml bourbon or vodka you should be able to just dump both into a pitcher, oh. add some ice and stir. So that oh. way you're not like messing around trying to play bartender when you have friends over. They yes. can just pour their own cup themselves I, and enjoy I, like an awesome cocktail. I don't mean to demean this in any way, <laughs> shape or form, but you you have made this dummy proof and that this is perfect for me. I mean, this yeah. is, you know, dummy proofing it in this manner. Pour the mix. Pour the alcohol, boom, into a pitcher, glorious pitcher, with, fill it up with ice. Now we're ready to drink. That's my style. Okay. Mine too. I, I, I interrupted uh, as is kind of my way. I'm sorry uh-huh. for this. I don't know if you have any listen to any House of Carbs. <laughs> um, the cucumber tonic, let's talk about the ingredients in that drink. Okay. So there's fresh cucumber juice, fresh lime juice, and tonic syrup. Add your vodka, your gin, whatever you choose, and then um, a splash of club soda. And you're ready to go. I mean, it is it's delicious. That that's that sounds extremely simple and unfortunately extremely dangerous. It is that's my flavor profile. I can imagine drinking that beautiful drink with gin and eating like spicy food, like a, a like a you know Szechuan lamb, uh, you know, I, I, with or or uh, you know like some kind of. Uh, uh, duck, you know, some kind of Chinese food kind of duck, um, yeah, you know, with, with black black pepper kind of vibe, um, because of how cool and refreshing, and then and, and I will, it feels like it might sort of um, not necessarily clean the palate, but you know, keep the palate um, recharged for each each hot bite that might come in. So yeah. uh, I I might have to we might have to do a little deal when we're done here, uh, the cucumber tonic, and I'm going to order some Chinese food tonight. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing better than a gin and tonic on a hot summer day. Yeah, exactly. But I, you know, I'll drink gin and tonics any time of the year, but specifically on summer, it's amazing. Okay, so uh, those are those are five um, recipes currently available. Um, The latter half of the summer, you can check them out at smallcraftliquors.com. You can also check out the Instagram smallcraftliquors. There are cool pictures. They will. Wet your palate for these um, delicious combinations. I'm going to let you go in a second, but let's give the parched peoples. Now we've, we've sated them. They're all they all have a way to go with these beautiful cocktails heading into the latter half of the summer. You're headed to the beach. You're headed to your own front porch. You're headed to the pool, 
uh, and you could, these these can all be um, you know carried in unmarked uh, bottles, so you don't have to get in trouble with the authorities. Right. <laughs> um, uh, Amy McDonald, thank you so much. I think we've done it. I mean, I think the the thirsty people out there, all our parched peeps, we. Uh, have given you good good guidance. Check her, check out the website again, smallcraftliquors.com uh, or the Instagram if you want to see what these things look like. Thank you for coming on House of Carbs. Thank you for having me. Good times. Drink well, my friends. All right, my sincere thanks and appreciation to Amy McDonald, Small Craft Liquors. I am very thirsty right now, even though I enjoyed a great taste. Before we jump into the food news with Juliet Littman, how about a nice word from our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football? Quick word from our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football. Turn this football season into a fistful of delicious wins. I like the way that they are thinking here. You can join a Yahoo Fantasy Football League. Yahoo has spent this entire offseason making serious upgrades to enhance your fantasy experience. The upgrades consist of great things like easier scoring, new trophies, and a buttery smooth app experience. So when you come to play fantasy football on Yahoo, the wins are as epic as the season is long. But to get in on the wins, you have to get in on the season. So start a league with your squad or join one of the many public leagues. Just don't miss your chance to play on the best fantasy football platform on the planet. Join a league now at yahoo.com slash carbs fantasy football. That's yahoo.com slash carbs fantasy football. Also a word from our friends at Zip Recruiter. Hungry Homies hiring used to be hard. There are multiple job sites out there, stacks, resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done, and that is ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. They have powerful matching technology by which ZipRecruiter is scanning thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and inviting them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-A-R-B-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. All right, my hungry homies, it is now time for Food News. Yo, Juliet. Hello, house. How are you? You know, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. It's You've deep in July. Recovered? Um, I'm like 98% back. Yeah, when we had you last week, you were a little cranky. I was so tired. I, I don't even remember that day. I think I like blacked it out because I was so tired. 
Well, I mean, you confessed it. You you confessed it and professed it, and and I think all of the taste buds understood and were em- empathetic and sympathetic. They were both. I still um, thinking about my Momofuku meals and still talking about them. They were so good. Well, I'm interested in what kind of feedback you may have received, if any, on the Vegas variation of the Juliet. Oh, very positive. Everyone, uh, very, very positive. very positive. Yeah, perhaps more so, popular than the original Juliet. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Have you tried your hand at a watermelon shrub? Of course yet? not. No. What What are you taking for? <laughs> I told you I'm in well, recovery you, mode. I don't have time to cook. To, to have you ventured beverages. out? No. Have you ventured out and tried to find somebody no. that a purveyor of the watermelon Absol- shrub? Absolutely not. I have not. I've. In fact, it was so good. I don't even want to go back to the vodka well yet. But doom doom. And so I've just been having wine. <laughs> Oh, this is great. I like that. Okay. Uh, it's In California, it's not the same as here on the East Coast where we were until about an hour ago when it started raining in the midst of your standard mid-Atlantic inferno oh, where yeah. the humidity is coming up out of the ground. I was at the Home Run Derby last night, which was a glorious experience. It lasted all the way until a little after 11 p.m. And I will tell you at 11 p.m., it felt like it was 116 degrees uh, in the stadium. When Bryce Harper, but I, I was feeling no heat. I was only feeling the cool, cool breeze of Bryce Harper home run, bomba, 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 dears. I'm so happy for you, man. You finally got a win you. in Washington, D.C. Uh, we, finally. Well, we have the Stanley Cup and the home run derby uh, <laughs> title here. And I Dwight mean, Howard. That's like what, winning the title. No, that's, we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're not talking about that. He's my least early. favorite NBA player. Too soon, Juliet. Too he's, soon. He's got a minimum of eight kids. Eight kids that we know of. By an equal number of uh, I think it's um, eight mothers, kids, I believe. Eight kids, seven moms. Seven moms. Yes. Uh, well, he, hopefully he'll be in, indulging in all the, the fine food that DC has to offer. I would like to sit down and talk to him. He really is on a rehabilitation mission here. He needs to improve his standing, and his reputation in the league. No better place in Washington, D.C. to scrub off a dirty reputation and start anew. No, no um, fan so I'm, of Skittles. I'm giving him every chance. Huh? Noted fan of Skittles. Perhaps you can introduce him to some fine chocolates. Um, Hopefully he's moved on. At this stage of life, <laughs> I'm hoping his palate has expanded a bit. Fingers crossed. <laughs> We're saving Dwight Howard for, for October. That's when I'm going to start thinking about basketball. I'm All not right. ready for it right now. I'm just still reveling in the home run madness. But uh, I, I, I wanted to hear about the climate in California, the wine drinking climate, what you're drinking. What are, what, what's on the Juliet table right now? Well, on Thursday, last Thursday, I went to a Vampire Weekend concert. And oh. it was fantastic. And they have like 30 great songs. That's all their songs. All 30 of them. <laughs> um, they really do. I, I just adore their music and great band. And at the show, I tried to get rosé. They didn't have any. So I got Sauvignon Blanc and it was delivered to me. They were like six ounces or 12. And I was just riding high off my Vegas bender. And so I went for 12 and it was like, a, yeah. it was like a, a plastic cup that holds probably like 13 ounces and they filled 12, thir- 12 of 13 with Sauvignon, like house Sauvignon Blanc. And you want to know what? It was great. I loved it. I'm not too picky. Sure. Um, yeah. 
I've also been having a lot of rosé. I have a rule, which yeah. is I will not have a California rosé. Provence only. Like, absolutely oh. no to California. So I've been going hard Did on you... my organic Provence rosés. Oh, organic? Oh, yes. Well, I didn't even... I mean, I've, I've, I know the Provence rosés. Uh, there has been a time in my life when I've sought them out, and uh, there's one that I like especially... Lay Lay Desclan or something mm. like that is mm-hmm. a is the purveyor sure. and uh, it's delicious with um, uh, Szechuan lamb. Oh, I, I, I can't get enough. Like the spicy, you know, Chinese uh, food dish Szechuan lamb combined with um, a delicious rosé. Don't sleep on it. It's okay. a nice combo. Good to yeah. know. Good to know. Um, I like a. I just like rosé to like. As the sun sets, you know, I'm just such a basic white yeah. woman, but that's, okay. that's, okay. that's all, that's all I can, I can only be me. So that, that's the brand. I think I'm pretty sure that's, that's a Juliet basic white woman. Yeah. I mean, what, that's what kind of un- underselling it a little bit. What am I supposed to do? But, but be me. So <laughs> I want you to be you always. <laughs> Thanks, I'm, not, man. I'm not accepting basic. It's a little, it's a little more complicated than basic. Julia. Thank you. I appreciate it. But yeah, yeah no yeah. California, no American rosés for me, really. I, I don't mind okay. a, I don't mind a California red. I like a good Paul Hobbs Cabernet Sauvignon, but I don't, I yeah. just, I prefer the foreign wines. They do it better over there in Europe. And also I love a good South American wine too. Well, I will tell you, I, I enjoyed a very nice, uh, Duckhorn rosé, Pinot Noir based rosé, um, from up the the coast there, from you a little bit. Not in, uh, I don't think they're in Oregon? California. I think they're, yeah, I think they're Oregon. Oregon's um, got some really good ones, yes. And it was outstanding. So I'm not accepting your your pure foreign, especially this week. We're, we're, we're I mean, I can't accept all this foreigner in in, in <laughs> incursion into our platforms here. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I will say I really like the the Paul Hobbs um, Cabernet Sauvignon, which is glorious. Which glorious. is yeah. I mean, come on, and that's in California. So fantastic. We should have ordered some Hobbs to go along with the Cote de Boeuf that we had at Momofuku. I know. I did have. I had Paul Hobbs when I was at uh, Carbone, as previously discussed, and like I'm still thinking yes. about it. It was so good. Yeah. Oh man, that's I might need. I might need sausage and onions and a nice Ooh. big red for dinner tonight. You gotta wait for that it to cool down, though. That sounds a little too hot. You're, you're true. You're, it's it's a good point. You're and, right. You're anyway, right. to answer your question, you know, it's like warm here, but it's not just it's not the same kind of sweltering heat and the and like the heat wave yeah. passed. So it's really good wine weather. It's like a nice outdoor dinner weather too. It's, it's that's what I thought. I thought it might be good wine weather, and I'm glad to hear the outdoor. Uh, you know, the outdoor dining, the alfresco dining in California. That's what makes life worth living, Juliet. It's so true. L- LA, right. you would think it had more outdoor drinking locations, but it really doesn't. It's kind of lacking. So the ones that are good, you got to hold on to them. Well, this is a topic for another day, another conversation. I, my own self, have that same experience as you, which is on the times that I've visited when I look around, and, I, and I'm a person, I, I love the outdoor eating and drinking. I'm a huge proponent of that. And when I Same look here. around at a place and don't get that from the street, you know what I mean? Like when I'm driving around in the city or I'm, I'm entering from the airport and I don't see big pl- you know, places where people are, are all assembled and eating and drinking and having a great time, 
in the great weather, it makes me suspicious. And I will tell you right now, it is one of the things that makes me skeptical about Los Angeles. It is a really weird thing. And then there are like a few outdoor spots, but they just become like mobbed. And they're just like a, like kind of like the worst of L.A. with people that I don't want to consort with. And it's just like so sceny. And it's it's tough. There's one place on the east side of Los Angeles in Silver Lake on Glendale Boulevard called the Red Lion, which is like a German beer garden type of bar. And that is like not sceny except for like pre-Dodgers games, which is a scene that I'm totally okay with. And it has a perfect backyard patio because it never gets too sunny. It's like very comfortable. And it's just like, it's pretty chill. But that's like pretty much the only one I can think of that doesn't become like a crazy mob scene of like, I don't and like Insta- Instagram heaven for like 27 year old women. So <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I my own self have you know uh, dined on a number of occasions in Los Angeles, and I can only think of a one meal in recent memory where we. I think I had Italian at a place called Rosso Blue oh, with yeah. um with Bill with Simmons. Yeah, uh, sometime in recent memory, and that was a lovely outdoor thing. But it, but the the outdoor compared to the indoor was a much bigger footprint, you know, much uh, more expansive indoor vibe. That's not the case here um, in D.C. D.C., like a lot of places, you'll find they have almost double the seating capacity outside as they do inside. Wow. As soon as it gets warm here, people want to be outside eating and drinking. Yeah, I think it's because, like, you have to, on the East Coast, you have to, like, savor the warm weather. Here, people take it for granted. Plus, most of the year... It's kind of chilly at night. Like it gets to like 70 and people are like, okay, let's get the heat lamps going. So what? <laughs> yeah, this is this I'm is a conversation joking. for another day. Six, and, and, 60, and maybe this, a, this a North is, Face puffy coat. This could be a um a house of carbs topic, best outdoor eating city. So oh, we might yes. have to it's, I, mean, I don't know if that's winner. a good one or not. There's but, one obvious yeah. one. It's Chicago. I don't know. New York's pretty great. Chicago's I really love... fucking good. Chicago's outdoor drinking scene is is unparalleled. It's just the best. My my only problem with Chicago is you have uh, exactly 49 days to do all of your outdoor eating and drinking. <laughs> but man, are those the- a good 49 days. <laughs> all right. I'm open to it. I'm, I, I'm, I think we're on to something here. Uh, I have an open mind. I'm eager to hear from the Hungry Homies. Let, let's uh, make this. This could be an episode. I don't know who who should our guest be. We'll think about we'll brainstorm. Uh, the 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 guest, the the authority on the outdoor, the national outdoor eating and drinking scene. Cool, I'm in. We'll we'll come up with it. Great. Um, are there stories? I bet there's stories this week. There are stories. We're gonna go good and bad on two brands you know and potentially love. One is Starbucks, and one is McDonald's. I I mean, it's great that those are the two brands. I have a love hate relationship, a persistent, ongoing love hate relationship with both. I love both and I hate both. I feel the same way. Should we start with Starbucks or should we start with uh, with McDonald's? Well, let's do Starbucks because we uh, gave we we had a little bit of a story with them last week. So let's uh, see how that story's developed. Sure, happily. So last week we discussed the plastic straw ban that that uh, was going to take hold in Seattle. And we were we were kind of without even questioning it, very much pro. But it turns out that we were not really accounting for the entire population. And so here's a follow up coming to us from Delish.com. And this story is called Starbucks responds to the backlash from their plastic straw ban announcement. And so, House, 
Starbucks' recent announcement was to go plastic straw-free in all stores by the year 2020, and it was generally met with lots of praise, including from us here on House of Carbs. That said, there are plenty who've spoken out against the blanket plastic straw ban. Disability rights activists were planning a New York City protest against the new policy when they heard from Starbucks. Groups like the Brooklyn Center for Independence of the Disabled and Disabled in Action remain concerned that if Starbucks eliminates plastic straws completely, people with disabilities would not be able to or comfortable consuming their beverages. Starbucks responded and said Starbucks offers and will continue to offer straws to customers who need or request them in our stores. Starbucks' recent announcement about straws will not impact the ability of those who need them to access them. We take an inclusive design approach to all packaging to ensure that all customers will be able to enjoy their Starbucks beverages. Some were mollified by Starbucks' confirmation. Others were concerned the company didn't specifically mention plastic straws, which is what the BCID requested. And, uh, yeah, so we we didn't really think about everyone using straws. We just sort of accepted this news, and um, and yeah, I think this is a really good point that you know some some people need plastic straws. Well, we in in the story last week we were going through kind of the attributes of the plastic straw that we were hoping um, the replacement would would uh, possess. I mean, they they you need the same kind of uh, strength, the the durability, the um, you know, the, the pliability and t- so far in your experience, in my experience, a paper straw doesn't come anywhere near a plastic straw in terms of those particular attributes. And so, you know, what, what, um, you know, the, the observations here about, uh, what a plastic straw means to somebody who relies on a straw, um, for, for, you know, consuming, important nutrients or important calories, you know, I, I, I'm sympathetic. Me too. The thing I, 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 it seems like Starbucks is, is making available plastic straws to folks who need them, though. Yeah. It's not like they're totally eliminating. Yeah, totally. And there, CNN had another article about how, like, someone who, with mu- who has muscular dystrophy needs them to be able to drink from, you know, beverages and carries them with him. And I think that's a, a point well taken. And I guess the, the point is not to give them to, like, every single person getting a drink, but only the people who actually need them. And as long as they're accommodating that, then um, that is great. I guess the one note is that it should be plastic and not paper for the way that they bend and for the the durability and for many of the reasons that um, we mentioned, like, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess to, to be continued, huh? To be continued, yeah. On the other hand, Starbucks is uh, still being proactive. They're actually working with McDonald's, and they together are designing a compostable cup. This is a story from Food & Wine, and it says, Starbucks and McDonald's have teamed up to design a totally recyclable compostable cup along with its straw and lid. As Fast Company reports, both McDonald's and Starbucks cups are technically recyclable, but they rarely make it into the appropriate bin. However, earlier this year, Starbucks launched the Next Gen Cup Challenge, which encourages businesses of any scale to contribute ideas that might make their cups able to fit within any given recycling rules. And McDonald's decided to join in. Such an innovation would be highly regarded as a breakthrough in the restaurant industry, but McDonald's promises it won't be especially lucrative, which is just one reason the company decided to join the Starbucks initiative. Another is that, as Marion Gross, McDonald's chief supply chain officer for the United States, put it, there are certain things that we'd say that we're not competitors on. So this is a this is a nice story of two giant companies working together. Yeah, I, I support the collaboration. I like the goal here. I will confess, uh, I'm a little confused. Uh, <laughs> I probably haven't had enough coffee today. 
So technically, there are the the cups that that <laughs> McDonald's makes and that Starbucks make are already recyclable. Yes. The issue is that people don't put them in the right bin, but right. that. Doesn't sound like it's a cup problem to me. It sounds more like a bin problem. Well, I guess, the, yeah, that's true. They need to, like, overhaul their kind of recycling, trash, and compost system. But they also probably should make, like, a biodegradable cup so that if it goes in any of those, it's not just, like, filling up space on the landfill, but it also will just, like, you know, biodegrade. Right. This is, and I, it, it feels to me, maybe I'm, uh, again, I haven't had enough coffee today, but, like, you, you you can't right now put the straw and a lid from a McDonald's cup into the recycling bin. You you can only put the the um, the cup part in there, and I guess that's true of, of Starbucks as well. I think so. It sounds like this okay. is a bigger systemic problem, and this is really just like good PR for the two companies together. I well, I just and by the way, speaking of good PR and speaking of food news stories, I I love the commercials that IHOP is running now. They're doing a great um, short stack sale. Of pancakes, and they make a uh, they making a very um, clever joke about how yeah, IHOP was a stunt. The whole thing was sure. a stunt. We wanted to sell our burgers. We're saying that in these commercials to you. Um, you and I smelled it out. We knew that was what was going on. But yeah. Again, kudos to, to IHOP and IHOB. Um, I'm down with uh, the idea of of you know building cups that can go into any kind of um, trash bin. And end up breaking down and being uh, environmentally sound. I just wonder about your, what you're asking. It seems to me is for a reprogramming of how we consumers of these items dispense with the the refuse. I'm down with that too. Make it easy for me. Just totally. I'm I'm happy to try and follow whatever the rules are that make this this, this uh, compostable cup end up in the right place so it can get composted as quickly as possible. Just help me out. Ultimately, when you like finally examine giant companies like these, there's just like so many issues to like sustainability and like to the environment. They're like when you start to pull apart the layers and we're not even going that deep. It's just like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But what about X, Y, and Z? There's so many other problems. Like with McDonald's, they use so much packaging for all of their um, food items. Like everything comes in like two layers of paper or something like that. And it's just a, like it just creates a lot of like product and waste. So it's just systemic. I, I, you know, the, the world is the world is so large, House. <laughs> <laughs> the world is large, Juliet. I agree with you. <laughs> one more McDonald's story for you. This one is far from good PR. This is from Grub Street. McDonald's had to take salad off the menu at 3,000 locations after a parasite outbreak. Just a few weeks after the CDC said it was once again safe to eat romaine lettuce following a 32-state E. coli outbreak, McDonald's said on Friday it was voluntarily taking salads off the menu at 3,000 locations across 14 states. In a statement, the FDA said that an outbreak of cyclosporiasis, an illness caused by an intestinal parasite, was likely linked to the hamburger chain salad. McDonald's said, out of an abundance of caution, we decided to voluntarily stop selling salads at impacted restaurants until we can switch to another lettuce blend supplier. The outbreak has mainly affected customers in Illinois, where the first cases were reported in mid-May, and Iowa, where the outbreak began in late June and early July. Across both states, more than 100 people reported gastrointestinal distress, including severe nausea, fatigue, and diarrhea lasting more than a week. More than a week. That's very long. Cyclosporiasis mm. is not typically fatal, but like E. coli, it is especially dangerous for immunocompromised people. 
So house, not good. Not good at all. Well, here's my starting point. I'm shocked to hear that there were a hundred people that ordered salads at McDonald's. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> I would have had that number at under 50. If we were going to do an over under on how many people reported issues from having eating, eaten salad at McDonald's, I would have said that the over under is 50 and I'm taking the under. <laughs> um, I hate- if, if the headline here feels like it should, should read McDonald's took salads off the menu and nobody noticed. Nobody noticed, except for these 100 people. Here's my problem with McDonald's salad. I have several, but primary, this is this is true for so many like to-go salads. There's not enough room in the box that it comes in to pour in the dressing and then shake it up so it's like an even distribution of dressing. And that's just a deal breaker for me. I just hate that. This is the innovation that I'm looking for uh, on the salad front. If you want me to go into fast casual or something like that and and order a salad i i need it to and i'm not sure what the the proper description is i mean, i need a, f- a food expert to help me with this but i can't have it in this compressed condensed where the ingredients are all you know i understand the logistics of of what i'm asking for are, are, are preposterous which is why it, the only time i'm really getting salad at a fast casual place it's where I'm, they're assembling the ingredients in in front of me and then giving it to me to eat. But I, I don't like compressed produce. Yeah. I, I can't I really can't can't stand it. And I think it's 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 um, compatible with what you're describing, which is the container that it comes in is bursting at the seams as soon as you crack open the container it's a it's a, it can be a salad explosion julia i know there's lettuce that wants to jump out of there the ingredients want to jump out everywhere you can't add anything to it including uh, a, a a liquid dressing and and, and have any uh, assurance that the dressing is going to uh, uh properly intersperse amongst the ingredients amongst the produce and and deliver to you what you want out of a traditional kind of salad experience which are bites that have dressing on them and some other ingredients i mean every time you stick a fork into one of those plastic things there's a possibility of of a, of a lettuce and and cucumber explosion jumping out of the box onto the floor and onto your lap it's such a bad fast food experience like that's just not only is it like you don't go to mcdonald's for salad it's just a poor experience one of the worst one of the worst experiences they have to offer it's what separates these folks who have innovated on the on the the greens front folks like sweet green and chopped if you go physically and eat in their space uh and they've done a decent enough job of making sort of uh you know friendly enough space that they don't want you lingering but it's also comfortable enough to go in there and you can go ahead and they give you a bowl where you can, you know, enjoy a salad the way salad is meant to, to be enjoyed. I agree. And if you want the dressing on the side, you can have it on the side and you can pour it in. And then, you know, the ingredients fit inside the bowl and sit inside the bowl in a way that you're not concerned that they want to jump out and jump onto you. <laughs> we need to work on the fast casual salad. You and I are, are a thousand percent in alignment on this. Feels good, House. Feels good to to agree. <laughs> That's all I got for you, man. That 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 we've done enough. Thank you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. I can't wait.
All right, my culinary comrades, there we go. Another outstanding House of Carbs in the books. I'm sure most of you remember I offered up. It was our one-year anniversary last week. I promised that I would get some D.C.-based eats and eateries out into the social media. A lot of you ask, I'm coming to D.C. house. Where am I going to eat? I'm telling you right now, I'm going to give you five classy joints. Well, all, all 15 of these places are classy joints, but I'm going to give five at kind of the higher price point, five at a medium price point, and five at, on, on the budget string kind of price point. And we're going to put it out on the Instagram, at the House of Carbs. Check that out. We are not going to be on next week. We're taking a week off. It's the middle of the summer. We're allowed to go on vacation. Until next time, though, my hungry homies, let's stay hungry out there.